Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low-effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome back, listeners. We have Carrie Cook, president of Ignite Funding, and Pat Basser, director of underwriting here in the studio to talk about the rising interest rates. So welcome. So Pat, you know, we get a lot of questions from investors um, wanting to know, you know, how is this interest rate increasing increases affecting our business? Um, how is it affecting the borrowers? Why are we not increasing interest rates on our borrowers? Um, you know, what the impact has been for our borrowers for financing, like the whole gamut of interest rates. So let's just kind of break it down a little bit. Let's start maybe from the economic side of things. What is going on with interest rates? Obviously, you know, what we can charge mm -hmm. is market rate driven, right? Mm -hmm. We charge the most we can given the amount of risk we're willing to take on each of the, our investments. The more risk you take, the more you can charge. The mm -hmm. less risk you take, the less you can charge. Mm -hmm. You look at it from a T-bill T -bill standpoint, what the government's getting. Everyone considers that basically a risk-free risk -free rate of return. Yeah. Everything else is correlated based on what that 10-year treasury is going. Over the past few years, obviously, we all know it has been increasing substantially from nearly zero up to, you know, 5%, let's call it. And during that time, uh, that puts upward pressure on all interest rates. Ours are no different. However, interest rates are a matter of supply and demand. Mm -hmm. How much demand is there for borrowing compared to how much supply is there for dollars to borrow from? Mm -hmm. uh, right now, demand has gone down mm -hmm. and supply has gone down a little bit, but not as much as demand has. Yeah. Because of that, the pricing power and investors have or lenders have has diminished substantially. Mm -hmm. So it's not quite as lucrative as you might think based on what just the 10-year treasury has done. I mean, obviously, you've, see, you've seen and control what we do on an interest rate side of things. Mm -hmm. Have we been able to charge more to those borrowers and are we just not passing it along to the investors? Or how has that changed over the past few years as interest rates have risen? You know, we, did, we haven't talked a whole lot about this um, from an external perspective, but internally, uh, you know that you and I have a lot of conversations about this. And I think as the initial interest rate increases started to happen, you and I sat down and said, should we be following this path or should we not? And, you know, I was pretty adamant that we didn't, we didn't do what everybody else was doing. We didn't beat to the same drum as everybody else. And, you know, when the interest rates were at two, four, six, we were still charging 12 that didn't change from 10 years ago to today. And I think, this was my belief, and this was, and you and I went back and forth, we bantered about this quite a bit, and, and there was quite a bit of pressure coming from investors too. Like, well, I could take my money someplace else and I can get, you know, 15% returns. My response was always, then you should probably go get a 15% return. If you feel like the risk to reward is there, 
and you think that that 15% is still provides you that nice level you're looking for, you should probably go. And I'm sure that shocked some people um, when we didn't increase our interest rates. But I am damn glad that we didn't. Because in the grand scheme of things, that would have been more harmful to our borrowers and ultimately to our investors if we had followed the path that others had followed. Um, and now, as we saw those interest rate increases happen, the exit strategies for our borrowers has diminished to the point where the gap between our lending and you know bank financing is really shrinking, really shrinking up. Um, but thank goodness we did because it's allowed our borrowers to maintain a longer duration of lending with us, right? Where typically we wanted them in and out as fast as we could. Well, well now we're not too far off. So some of these extensions that we have seen some of our borrowers taking uh, beyond their 18-month term, it, it doesn't scare me. So I'm going to turn this on you for just a second and say, what do you think about what kind of what's happening and and where we are with the economics in general, um, where we've decided to just have a steadfast approach to don't move it right now. Let's really see how this whole thing plays out. Right. I, I think the biggest thing that you said was the extensions, right? We've seen a dramatic increase in the duration of our loans because of those extensions. Mm -hmm. Previously, it was really quick in, really quick out, turn and burn as it was. You know, that quite isn't the way it is now. Mm -hmm. uh, everything's taking a little bit longer, whether that's because of the economy, supply chain issues, cost issues, delays with the city, people working from home, naming on a multitude of different things. At the end of the day, it all comes down to one thing, which is delays. It just takes longer. And because of that, you know, our average duration has increased. Mm -hmm. With our average duration increasing, normally that is a detriment to the lending institution, as well as the investor. Yeah. In our case, uh, I don't believe that to, to be the case. Mm -hmm. I, I believe these extensions have been a good thing so long as the borrower continues to pay their interest. And in a vast majority of our loans, that's obviously the case. And we'll, knock on wood, continue to, to be the case going forward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure that borrowers continue to pay and most importantly, have the ability to continue to pay going forward because at the end of the day, we want to be on the lending side of things. We don't want to own the asset. Mm -hmm. We don't want to have to go through the foreclosure process, although we have the ability to and the knowledge and wherewithal to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's not our main objective. We're not a loan to own enterprise. Yeah. We want to deploy money at the best risk risk-adjusted returns we possibly can. We've been doing that, or you and I have been doing that for 15 years, you a little bit longer than me. Uh, but I think we've done a fairly good job of, of doing just that and will hopefully continue to do that. Um, but one of the components of it is the risk-adjusted return. So you have mm -hmm. two components, the risk and return. If we haven't changed the return component, which we've, we've gone up a little bit, but marginally yeah. so, yeah. almost nothing, um, then hopefully we've changed our risk side of it. Have you? Do you believe that equation has changed over the past few years? I mean, you know, ultimately the our risk, uh, the risk to the investors, the risk that we're taking with the amount that we're lending, you know, none of that really has changed um, in the sense that we don't underwrite any differently than we did before. 
Um, I think we're actually reducing the risk by holding tight on not increasing our interest rate to the borrowers. Um, I don't think that we're we're generating any additional risk um, to the borrowers or to the investors. And I know for the most part, people are like, well, why do you care about the risk that <laughs> you're reducing for a borrower? Uh because if we don't reduce the risk associated with the borrower's ability to pay, then our investors should expect the risk tolerance to go up drastically because the borrower may not be making the interest payments to you and therefore we're taking back property. Then we've got this duration of time. But probably more importantly is you know what we are evaluating as we're onboarding whether borrowers can sustain at these levels for an extended period of time before we start to see potential interest rate decreases. And so I want to kind of turn this around on you and ask the question. I think our our risk and the tolerance of our risk uh, really hasn't changed too much. And in fact, I would say it, it may have gone down a little bit by not increasing those interest rates. But from the borrower's perspective, how long do you think they're going to be able to sustain these extensions that we have been granting them? Because we are not cheaper um, I know that I talked about the accordion, how we're, we're, we're uh, closing that gap, but how long do you think they're going to be able to sustain at these levels? Quite a while is the short answer. And the reason behind it is prices of real estate have gone up mm -hmm. in many instances. We, there are some isolated cases where uh, prices have gone down. And in those cases, the borrowers have been quick to get rid of it. A lot of what we do is value add. And because it's value add, uh, the borrowers are by what they're doing to the project is adding value. Yeah. And by nature, mm -hmm. it's decreasing our loan to values associated with it. So if there is a market turn and if prices were to come down, they probably won't come down enough to erode all the value that has been added yeah. with our borrowers either building a project, developing it, getting it entitled, mm -hmm. renovating it, whatever the case may mm -hmm. be, a vast majority of our loans are that value add component, which has really isolated our risk level and risk tolerance associated with it. So how long can they last? Short answer is a while. The mm -hmm. more convoluted answer is it depends on really the exit strategy. Have they created enough value that can be eroded slightly by downturn in the economy and downturning downturn in pricing. And for right now, that's an absolute yes. Uh, how long will that last in a number of months or days or years? You know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know, uh, but I'm not worried about it right now. Yeah. What does it look like from a borrower's exit strategy perspective when they're looking to refinance these loans? What is, what is the interest rates um, they're moving from us and into? What does that look like? You know, that, that discrepancy is a lot less than it once was, right? When interest rates were down in the 3 and 4% range, borrowers were borrowing at, you know, 3 or 4%, yeah. maybe 5%. And the difference between that 5% and the 12% we're charging on average is substantial. A 7% gap is enormous. It's a doubled interest payment. That's why doubled. they were in out so fast. That's why they're trying to get rid of us as quickly as they can. Mm -hmm. Now, that gap in some cases is non-existent. And in some cases, we're cheaper than bank financing. Mm -hmm. Rare occasions, but yeah. in some cases. The gap's uh, closing. It's closing. Sure. No doubt about that. And because it's closed, there's a bunch of borrowers that come to us. And when there's more quality borrowers that come to us, we get to be even more picky about who we want to lend to, what projects we want to lend on. Mm -hmm. And because of that, our denial rate has increased from 90% to, I don't know, <laughs> oh, 95, 97. I don't even know what it is at the, 
at the current moment, but yeah. a lot higher than it was, which is a good thing for us and more importantly for our investors. Because before they were getting what I consider the cream of the cream of the crop, but now they're getting even better than that. Yeah, I don't know what's the, the cherry on top. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what the term was, but there you go. Yeah. You have it. And so we're getting the creme de la creme, as it were, mm -hmm. of borrowers, which I believe does indeed actually reduce the risk associated with our loans. And because of that, I, I feel confident of where we're at and where we're going. Uh, how quickly do you see interest rates kind of reverting back to the mean, decreasing, whether that's through the federal, uh, the, the Fed Oversight Committee, or if it's going to be just in the general marketplace where market rents or market, market rates decrease to a more normalized level? Well, it depends on what you read, <laughs> what you listen to. I mean, it's true. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many perspectives out there on that. You know, the, the last I heard uh, was we're done, right? We've hit the top. We're going to stay here for a little while. They've been talking about this damn soft landing for who God knows how long, right? We've been mm -hmm. waiting for them to stop. We thought they were going to stop a couple quarters ago. Then it's like, nope, we got we got to keep going. People are still spending, right? Let's let's keep going. We we need to hurt them before <laughs> we need to we need to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. They need to stop spending. When they stop spending, maybe we'll pull back. I mean, I've heard so many crazy things at this point of where, when is it going to stop and when are we going to go in the opposite direction? I think we all know we're not getting back to 2%. If anybody thinks we're getting back to 2%, not well, anytime soon. You're smoking something <laughs> because I, I don't foresee that happening. You ask my opinion, I don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. Do I see it coming back down? I do, but I don't think it's going to come back down to anywhere near what people think. Um, I think we're going to see very slight corrections because honestly, we shouldn't go back down to where we were. Agreed. We just shouldn't. So do I think it's going to come back down and when? Oh, crystal ball. Don't steer me wrong. It's going to be a little while. Yeah. I think it's going to be a little while. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it will be a little while. And the new normal rate, I don't think, is that 2 or 3%. I think we need to get used to 30-year uh, mortgages being in the 5% range, uh, yep. high fives, I was low say, sixes. I was going to say six. but it, It's just going to be the new normal. It is. Um, I, I do see the Fed. And there's nothing of, wrong with that. Not a darn thing. I mean, if you look back, I mean, what, what was happening in 1990? <laughs> People Absolutely. forget 18% was the norm. People right. forget this. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't yesterday. It wasn't that long ago. Right. You know, so we still got it really good. Right. And I, and I think that uh, we all just need to, we were adjusting. We're obviously adjusting. We're still spending like crazy. Mm -hmm. So we, we have adjusted, but we've had to adjust because, you know, hourly rates have gone up. Right. So we're, we're just compensating for these increases that we're seeing across the board. Absolutely. Everything, I mean, what goes up must slightly come back down, but I don't <laughs> think we're going to go, we're not going to fall back down to twos and threes. I, I don't think, I won't see it in my lifetime. Agreed. Agreed. And how do you think that's going to correlate to our investors and our company here at Ignite Funding? I mean, it depends on, on um, how far we pull back. It, it kind of goes back to the question you asked me a little while ago. You know, when it was 2%, we were still at 12 when it was at four, we were at 12. When it was at six, we're at 12. Mm -hmm. If it goes to eight, we'll be at 12. I, I don't see a huge adjustment in where we are with our interest rates because I want the quality 
of our product to always be the best. I'm not in, I'm not in this for a quantity scenario. Um, if, if the quality decreased, then we would slow down in what we were funding. And, um, you know, we want to grow and we have the capacity to grow and we have been growing, but we're not going to do it just to slam it in. It's not going to happen. Um, do I see a, a increased interest rate adjustment over time? Maybe. I'm never going to say no to it, but um, keeping a sound uh, business practice with our borrowers is of the utmost importance to me. And that's why I have, I have fought to maintain where we currently are. Um, I don't know if the borrowers appreciate it or not, but, um, you know, it has been a bit of a fight because we do have investors pushing on us and saying, Carrie, come on, I can, I can go get, I can get a 5% in the bank. You're right. You can. And if that's what you want to do, go do it. You know, I'm, I'm not here to tell you to stop. And, and if you feel it's safer to have your funds sitting in a bank, uh, earning 5%, then do that. I, it's okay. I choose not to do that. I want to be in appreciating assets. If you want to be in a slump, uh, be in a slump and earn the 5%. That's okay. I mean, we all have a different investment strategy. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, interest rates may change. Uh, we're going to keep on carrying on, mm -hmm. doing what we do, offering risk-adjusted returns that exceed the marketplace yep. uh, on a risk adjusted return uh, basis. Yes. It's not just about risk and it's not just about return. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a correlation between the two. I think you've done a great job of keeping us in that direction, keeping us focused on that one goal and mm -hmm. continue to do so. And we will. Yeah. It's not going to stop. Absolutely. Yep. So as I always say, Carrie, uh, keep calm and carry on. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation.